0: As you can see, we have the Lord's Supper this morning, and I, as we go through the message, I want you to get ready for this. This is a meal. It's a family meal. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you're turning away from an old life. You're following Jesus in a new life, and you know you need Jesus daily. Moment by moment, you are welcome to come to this table and to partake, and we hope that you you do that with some preparation, just as you'd wash your hands before dinner, that your heart is being opened and washed by by the Lord as we go through this time together. Espero que sientan la invitación si conocen al Señor y han confiado en el Señor Jesucristo de venir a la mesa del Señor esta mañana, de participar en la Santa Cena si están dejando una vieja vida para seguir una nueva vida con Jesús, siempre y cuando estén conectados con el Señor en preparación espiritual, los invitamos. Our scripture this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, such a powerful portion of God's word. John chapter 1 and I'm going to be reading verses 14 through 18. Juan capítulo 1 versículos 14 al 18 es el enfoque de hoy. John 1:14 through 18 up on the screen. There are page numbers there that are tied to our Bibles in the back which uh, I invited you to get just a few moments ago. La página indica dónde está el texto en las Biblias de atrás que también pueden usar como indiqué antes. And I'm going to read this first in Spanish, then in English. And uh, We must continually remind ourselves what a treasure we hold, what a treasure we behold in the Word of God. And so I hope you have that in mind as we're listening, as we're learning. Espero que tengan en cuenta el tesoro que tenemos en las manos, que es la Palabra de Dios. Juan dice lo siguiente. Y el verbo se hizo hombre y habitó entre nosotros. Si hemos contemplado... Su gloria, la gloria que corresponde al Hijo unigénito del Padre, lleno de gracia y de verdad. Juan dio testimonio de él a voz en cuello, proclamó, Este es aquel de quien yo decía, el que viene después de mí es superior a mí, porque existía antes que yo. De su plenitud, todos hemos recibido gracia sobre gracia, pues la ley fue dada por medio de Moisés, mientras que la gracia y la verdad nos han llegado por medio de Jesucristo. A Dios nadie lo ha visto nunca. El Hijo Unigénito, que es Dios, y que vive en unión íntima con el Padre, nos lo ha dado a conocer. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of the fullness, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. So on July 20 of this year, 2019, July 20, we will be actually marking a very historic, a very momentous occasion. I don't know if you're aware of that. El 20 de julio va a ser un momento muy histórico este año. On July 20, it will have been 50 years since astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon. Son 50 años desde que aterrizamos en la Luna. On that day, July 20, 1969, those two men planted the American flag on the lunar soil, and and they actually set up camp in another world. Think about that. en otro mundo en ese día. Some of us who are aging can actually remember that moment, where we were, what we were doing. It was incredible. You missed out if you're less than 50 years old, okay? I'm just telling you. It was great. I mean, and those were... Without doubt, those were the glory days of the American space program. Fueron los días de gloria del programa espacial. Those were the days when, when technology and ingenuity and bold risk and all of those elements combined together to actually connect us to the heavens. La tecnología y el arriesgo combinaron para conectarnos con los cielos. Glory days. But we also know those glory days didn't last very long. La gloria no duró mucho tiempo. It was just four years after that. Just four short years after that event that we stopped going to the moon. And we haven't been back since. Solo cuatro años después dejamos ir a la luna. Now, why did that happen? ¿Por qué? Well, The dreamers among us said, you know, we should keep going. We should keep going to the moon. We need to keep exploring. Some of the dreamers were saying we should even set up a colony on the moon and live there and camp there. Los soñadores decían debemos poner una colonia en la luna y seguir explorando. But then there were the realists. And the realists in the room said, we have spent billions of dollars to go to the moon. And what do we have to show for it? Just a few moon rocks, okay? Just a few lifeless pieces of pumice. That's all we've got for it. Hemos gastado millones de dólares para ir a la luna y solo tenemos unas cuantas piedras de la superficie lunar. Eso es todo. Well, in the end, you know what happened. The realists won over the dreamers. And the rest is history, although we are just beginning to talk about going back to the moon. Lo realiza, ganaron, y así fue. Now, there's always been this dynamic going on between dreamers and realists. Dreamers and realists kind of have an uncomfortable relationship at times. Los soñadores y los realistas tienen una relación muy incómoda a veces. I mean, if you know a dreamer, if you are a dreamer, you know dreamers are always thinking about the impossible, right? Dreamers are always gunning for the glory, looking to do the next great thing. But many times dreamers don't even stop to think about the hard realities they need to face in order to get there. Los soñadores siempre estaban pensando en hacer lo imposible, pero no piensan en las verdades duras para llegar ahí. Realists don't have any problem with thinking about the hard realities. Realists are always thinking about the hard realities. They know the obstacles. They know the problems that are in front of them. But many times they're so focused and honed in on those problems, it prevents them from from seeing the greater good, the greater potential, and they miss out on a lot of opportunities. Now I want you to think for a second, which are you? Are you a dreamer or are you a realist? ¿Eres soñador o realista? What about God? Is God a dreamer or is God a realist? ¿Eres soñador o realista? Now your answer to that question may actually kind of depend on what you are, what you think of yourself. Tu respuesta depende de lo que piensas de ti mismo a lo mejor. I want you to think about that for a minute. Because as we go to our scripture here this morning in John chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible tells us something that I think is hard for both dreamers and realists to really understand. It tells us something about God. Juan nos dice algo de Dios es muy difícil para los soñadores y los realistas. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Y el verbo se y sombre habitó entre nosotros, hemos contemplado su gloria, la gloria que corresponde al Hijo Unigénito del Padre, lleno de gracia y de verdad. So this is an incredible statement that John makes here. It's it's quite a thing John is saying that the the word of God that is this eternal divine all powerful person who was with God and is God it was there at the beginning the very powerful person that actually created the moon and created the stars and created everything that there is this word of God has come down to our planet, he's planted his flag in our soil, and he's set up camp in our world. El verbo eterno que es y era Dios y creó la luna estrellas acampado en nuestro mundo. What's this talking about? It's talking about the glory days of God's incredible program to colonize this world and to heal his broken creation. Se trata de los días gloriosos del programa de Dios para sanar todo. And the word that becomes flesh, what's that talking about? It's talking about none other than the Son of God, who is God. It's talking about Jesus. El verbo es el Hijo de Dios, es Jesús Jesús. And, and basically, John says, Jesus is the reality of God become flesh among us. And he comes and he displays the full glory of God the Father. And he is full of grace and truth. Jesus manifesta la gloria del Padre lleno de gracia y verdad. What is that? Grace. Grace represents the dream of the Father. Grace is the dream of the father to reconcile a broken human race to himself, to bring sinners back to himself. Grace is the dream that God had from Adam and Eve and even before to bring people back to himself, to to end everything in the world that's evil to wipe every tear to deal away with with suffering and death la gracia es el sueño del padre de de perdonar la razón humana restaurar las cosas y enjugar las lágrimas y y evitar o eh, eliminar el sufrimiento grace is, is what God is dreaming of why because God is the ultimate dreamer Dios es soñador de soñadores but The truth, the truth is, this is a very expensive dream. More expensive than going to the moon. Es un sueño muy caro, es la verdad. Because the truth is, sin has created an incredible gap between us and God. The, the truth is sin mars. It destroys our relationship with God. El pecado arruina nuestra relación con Dios. The truth is your sin and my sin stretches all the way to the moon and back, and it keeps adding up. That's the truth. La verdad es que nuestro pecado alcanza hasta la luna y más allá de la luna. The truth is, the hard reality is, we can't even begin to take one little step back towards God. We can't even begin to try to do anything that's good because spiritually speaking we're dead and dead people do nothing. No podemos dar ni un paso hacia Dios porque estamos muertos espiritualmente. The truth is that sin and death somehow must die. And God knows that. Because not only is God the ultimate dreamer, God is the ultimate realist. Dios a realista también. Why? Well, he created reality. So he's going to be a realist. Dios so, creó la realidad. So it's into this now. Get the picture. John's saying, here comes Jesus. He's God's son, full of grace and full of truth. He knows the dream. Jesus knows the dream. But he also knows the price. It has to be paid for. Jesús knows the dream, but also the price that this dream demands. Look with me at John 1, verse 16. Versículo 16. It says, it's talking about Jesus the Son. Out of his fullness, we've all received grace in place of grace already given. Hablando de Jesús, dice de su plenitud, todos hemos recibido gracia sobre gracia. So what is this saying? Jesus is the word who's become flesh. He comes and sets up his tent. He he camps among us. And he gives us grace in place of grace already given. Nos da gracia sobre gracia. He gives us a gift, an undeserved gift, that's grace, on top of an undeserved gift that was already given. Nos da un regalo sobre otro regalo que se nos fue dado. What's that other gift that was given? The other gift of grace was the law. Fue la ley. Very next verse, verse 17, it says, The law was given as a gift through Moses. La ley fue dada por moises We're talking about the Ten Commandments. We're talking about the, the rules and the regulations that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. Se trata de los diez mandamientos. That was not a curse. That was a gift. It was an evidence of God's grace. Why? Because the law said, Here's the dream. La ley dijo, Aquí es sueño. Love God with all you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself and the world will be exactly the way it's supposed to be. And God will come down and he will even camp in the middle of you and he will show his glory. This is the dream. Ama a Dios tu prójimo como a ti mismo y Dios va a acampar entre ustedes con toda su gloria. That's what God promised Israel. Do this and you will live. In fact, God even set up a tent in the middle of the people called the tabernacle and he showed his glory through a pillar of cloud and fire. Dios puso el tabernáculo y manifestó su gloria con una columna de fuego y de nube. So the law was an incredible gift. But here's the thing. The law showed God's glory. It sure did, but it only showed part of it. Just the kind of the backside of God's glory. La ley manifestó como la espalda de la gloria de Dios. In fact, if you go to Exodus 33, you see a story about Moses. And Moses wanted the whole package. Moses, I think, might have been a dreamer. He wanted to know all of God's glory. He says, show me your face, God. Show me everything you are. Moisés pidió a Dios manifestar toda su gloria. And God said, I can't. You can't handle it. My glory be so great. The fire of my holiness is so all-consuming it would burn you to a crisp. Cannot do it. Dios no pudo porque consumiría a Moisés. And so what does God do? He says, all right, I'll pass in front of you. I'll show you the backside of my glory. I'll show you just a part of it. Dios pasó en Moisés le mostró solo la espalda la parte de su gloria de atrás. That's as much as the law could give Moses or the people of Israel. So the dream was this. The dream that Moses has is really the dream that we've had, that we would actually know God. We would have a face-to-face relationship with God, sueños conocer la gloria de Dios, that we would be able to be in God's presence, accepted by him, loved by him, fulfilled by him, energized by him. I don't know if we even know that's the dream. We've covered it up with so much other stuff. As this is swinging, but that's the dream. The problem is, it's an impossible dream because of our sin. And because of our sin, to get into the presence of God's full glory would just be too much. It would burn us up. It would, it would be like trying to breathe on the moon by ourselves, just can't be done. Estar en presencia de Dios con pecados como querer respirar en la luna can't be done. Or can it? Look with me again at verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Porque la ley fue dada por medio de Moisés mientras que la gracia y la verdad nos han llegado por medio de Jesucristo. So here's the thing. Jesus lands onto the ground of our world full of grace and truth, and it says Jesus brings grace in the place of grace already given. Jesús trae gracia sobre gracia. He brings a gift on top of the gift of the law. Trae otro regalo encima de la ley. The law said, here's the dream. This is what it can look like. Aquí el sueño, dice la ley, But the law was powerless to enable us to live the dream. Like a carrot on a stick, it's showing us the dream, but we can't get to it. La ley nos manifiesta el sueño, pero no tenemos el poder de vivirlo. But Jesus comes and he adds a gift on top of the gift of the law already given. He adds grace in the place of grace already given. He not only says, here's the dream, he lives it out He perfectly obeys the law. El cumple con la ley. He lives before God on this planet a dream life. The perfect life in our place. El vive el sueño de la vida humana en la tierra. And then, here's the kicker. He goes and he takes the awful truth of our sin and he goes to the cross with it. And he suffers in body, and in soul, in our place. Después, él lleva la, la verdad, la carga de la verdad de nuestro pecado a la cruz y sufre por nosotros. You see, in Jesus, the dream and the reality come together without canceling each other out. Why? Because Jesus is full of grace and truth. And Jesús, el sueño la realidad, ahí vienen juntos, porque lleno de gracia de verdad. And then we get this in John 1.18. It's because of Jesus that this happens, that we can now know the fullness of God's glory. No one has ever seen God. Remember, you can't do that and live. Adiós, nadie lo ha visto nunca. But God, the one and only, that's Jesus, who is at the Father's side, he has come down and made him known. El Hijo Unigénito que es Dios y que vive en unión íntima con el Padre nos lo ha dado a conocer. You see, Jesus not only lives the dream and he not only takes the reality of our sin, he opens up the way for us to know the fullness of God. We can know God face to face. We can be in, in closeness with God through a relationship with Jesus who is full of grace and truth. Ya podemos conocer a Dios por medio de Jesús lleno de gracia y de verdad. We have this new relationship now with God. But then, that means something else. It means we also have the basis, the foundation, for a new relationship with each other. Ya tenemos una base de relacionarnos unos con otros. Now, dreamers and realists can come together. Now, sinners can come together. And that brings me to something I want to share with you and begin to share with you over the next few weeks. 20 years ago, when we started... Sunrise Community Church. One of the things we did 20 years ago is we began to put together a list of key values, that is ways that we as a church wanted to behave and to live, habits that we wanted to practice in order to be a healthy church. Hace 20 años, cuando comenzamos, pusimos una lista de hábitos, valores que queríamos vivir para ser una iglesia sana. We, we call them values. And over the next few weeks, I want to go through with, with you each one, one by one, the Sunrise family values that we began to, this, this work with. Because we're remembering and we're refocusing this year on what God has for us and we're remembering 20 years of ministry, but we also want to go forward with the same foundation. Estamos recordando y refocándonos en los valores de la familia amanecer. So this series of messages I want to begin today is called Sunrise Family Values. And the first value on the list, the first one that we wrote down 20 years ago was this. We will be grounded in grace and dedicated to truth in all our relationships. Estaremos arraigados en la gracia y dedicados a la verdad en nuestras relaciones personales. What does that mean? What means, what we want to do is we want to strive to relate to one another the way Jesus relates to us, out of grace and truth. He's full of it. We want to be full of it. Not full of it as in junk, but as in grace and truth. Queremos estar llenos de gracia y verdad como Jesús. So what does that look like? That means that as a church, we want to live in relationship with one another in such a way that we're always encouraging and hoping for the very best for one another. We want to see the best in one another. We want to affirm the best of what God's doing in each other. Queremos afirmar lo mejor que Dios hace en cada uno. But... It's not just that. See, that's the dream, right? We want to be dreamers. We want to, I want to dream the very best for you, and I want you to dream the very best for me. Vamos a ser soñadores, soñando con lo mejor unos para otros. But at the same time, we also need to be realists. We need to be willing to speak the truth, to, to not sweep things under the rug, to not put things in the closet, no. Queremos descartar las cosas o al lado. We don't want to ignore the hard realities of the sin and the failure or the difficulties or the obstacles that might be around us and, and in our relationships. No, queremos los las no, we want to. We also want to be able to recognize the truth so that we can bring it to Jesus, and we can by His grace and truth overcome those things. So that's what that means. It means that, you know, I always want that. And here's the promise that if we can live in grace and in truth, because Jesus is full of grace and truth, as we relate. In grace and truth, Jesus is camped in our midst and we begin to see his glory and we begin to show his glory to other people that need grace and who need truth in their relationships. And it's about connecting with them so that they can connect with him so that they can be changed and we can be changed. And God gets the glory. You understand? Queremos ver que Jesús se acampe entre nosotros. So what that means is that we're learning. We're not perfect. Oh, boy, do we mess up. But as a church, we want to make it a, a, a key core habit that we're learning how to do this. I want to do the best I can to, to encourage God's best in you, to affirm when I see him at work in you, to, to draw out the gifts God's given you, to encourage the very uh, wonderful things that God wants to do through your life. Quiero afirmar lo bueno que Dios hace en tu vida, but at the same time, uh, if there's something in you or something in me that's not right or there's something between us that's not right, we can't ignore that. algo malo en en mí o algo nosotros, no podemos ignorar eso. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, there's a, a powerful passage. And in verse 13, basically, Paul says that one of the goals of the church... One of the goals of church ministry is that we would together grow up to become mature, he says. To become mature, reaching the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's quite a statement. That we become like Jesus. La meta del ministerio es que podamos llegar a la plena estatura de Cristo, a la madurez. So why would we want to look like Jesus? Why would we want to have maturity in Christ in verse 14, he says, then we will no longer be like infants, tossed back and forth, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of other people and their deceitful scheming. Así ya no seremos niños por las llevados aquí para allá, de todo viento de enseñanza, por la astucia, los artificios de personas engañosas. In other words, we won't be buffeted all over the place. Have you ever felt buffeted in your relationships? Like you're just bouncing all over the place? You're my friend today. Oops, you said something on social media. You're not my friend anymore. I'm going to unfriend you, right? What an an interesting phrase now that we have. Unfriending people. You mean becoming their enemy, right? Separating. We don't need to be like that anymore. Instead, Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, Speaking the truth in love we will in all things grow up into the head that is Christ vivir la verdad con amor creceremos hasta ser en todo como aquel que es la cabeza es decir Cristo so we become mature get the picture we become fully mature together in Christ we begin to look like Jesus together how by speaking the truth in love, that's grace. It's grace and truth. Learning how to live in such a way that love and truth are coming out of us in our relationships with each other. Llegamos a ser maduros hablando, viviendo la verdad con amor, es decir, la gracia. We begin to become mature when we start acting like Jesus in our relationships. So, what does that look like practically? Well, here's one thing that maybe we assume, but maybe we shouldn't. If we're going to have healthy relationships with each other, in order to relate to each other, we actually have to be with each other. And in our age of this, that's harder than we think. Para relacionarnos unos con otros, tenemos que estar juntos. If you want to look with me, I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. Hebreos 10, 25. It says this Let us consider how, me, how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. This is really church. This is ministry. This is our relationship. Consider how we may spur or stimulate one another towards love, that's grace, and good deeds, that's living in truth. Preocupémonos los unos por los otros a fin de estimularnos al amor, que es decir, la gracia, y a las buenas obras. We should be figuring out how to stir and spur one another on to become the very best that God wants us to be through love and good deeds following Jesus, queremos estimularnos. But then it says this. And evidently there was a problem. It says, "Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another." No dejemos de congregarnos como acostumbran a hacer algunos, sino animémonos unos a otros. To spur one another on to love and good deeds. You got to be together. So don't stop getting together. No dejen de congregarse. May I speak with some grace and truth? I'm going to try. I'm struggling a little bit here at the beginning of the year relating to some people because I'm not with them. No estoy siempre con las personas para relacionarme con ellos. Sometimes I struggle in my relationship with some of you, not because I have an issue with you. It's because I don't see you. We have seasons where we can tend to get a little bit scattered. A veces nos dispersamos. Now, sometimes it's the holidays. Sometimes it's other things. Sometimes we're on a mission. Last week I was at a Mago church. But when that becomes a habit, the habit of scattering, the habit of not seeing one another, how are we to have a relationship of grace and truth? So here's something I want to invite and and propose to you for this year, 2019. That we would not give up the habit of meeting together. I'm going to steal a page. Actually, I'm borrowing it because I already asked for permission. I'm going to borrow something from Imago Church. Our, Our church plant is showing us how to do this. Pastor Carlos has encouraged the people of Imago to commit In this year, if you're a worship partner at Imago, to worship plus one, he calls it. Have you ever heard him say that? Some of you might have. Worship plus one. Okay? What's worship plus one? In Imago, la iglesia quieren que adoren y una más. So it means that I'm going to commit, I'm going to make it my goal as much as I can humanly do it, as much as humanly possible, that I'm making a commitment to be in worship worship with God's people every week I can plus one other interaction during the week. It might be Wednesday night studies. It might be that I'm helping with something. It might be that I sit down with someone I saw on Sunday. I'm going to have coffee with them. We're going to open up God's word or we're going to pray for each other. But my week, my life is that I have a routine of I'm in worship with God's people every time I can and I'm interacting with at least someone during the week. Worship. Worship plus 1. Siempre que pueda yo después in the el culto de adoración los domingos y después tener alguna interacción con alguien entre semana, el estudio de miércoles o So here these are these are Pastor Carlos's words. This is what he said. He says, "Here's what I want in my church. Unless you are sick, you have to work or you're out of town. I want to see you." That's pretty bold, right? Unless you're sick, at work, or out of town, I want to see you. A menos que estés enfermo, fuera del pueblo, o en el trabajo, quiero que estés aquí. In other words, it's saying that, that we make this a priority, that this is more important than football. Well, who's in the playoffs? It's more important than, oh, I'm tired. It's more important than all of those things. This is where we meet with the king. This is where we meet with each other. This is where we begin to absorb grace and truth to take that into our lives this week, okay? So I want to encourage and challenge you on that one. Les buen invitar. And here's the other thing I'm thinking about to kind of begin to work on this. We, I want to bring back something we've done over the years, and it's simply called BFF. And it simply means basic food and friends. So the 10th of February... No, the Super Bowl's not that day, so don't worry. <laughs> the 10th of February, after worship... What we'd like to do is have some hosts, some people that are willing to open up their home, and we'd like some guests, some of you that are willing to go to someone's home for basic food and friends. Just go for a meal, sit down with maybe six to eight people, maybe people you've never met before, and to share. Queremos anfitriones que abren sus casas para seis a ocho personas para venir y tener comida básica con amigos después del servicio. And to share your lives, to share about your families, but not just share about, you know, the kind of the basics. Share about where you are with God. To have spiritual conversation with one another. Que tengamos espiritual unos con otros. So we're going to get a sign-up going in the next couple weeks, and I want you to be aware of that. So we are here this morning. This is the Lord's table. And this table, this meal, is about grace and truth. Esta mesa se trata de gracia, la verdad. The truth is that our sins separated us from God. The truth is that to repair that separation, Jesus had to give his body and his blood. Nuestros pecados nos separaron de Dios, pero Cristo dio su cuerpo y su sangre. Jesus added grace upon grace by rising from the dead, so that we could have new and eternal life. Jesus And so by coming to this table, by opening up your mouth and receiving this, you're also opening up your life to Jesus Christ. And you're saying, Jesus, I want to be dedicated to a relationship with you and I want to be dedicated in my relationships with other people, to live in grace and truth. Señor, yo quiero dedicarme a una relación contigo y a los demás con gracia y verdad. Eso es lo que dices por medio de esta cena. So again, I want to invite us to that. Let's pause and pray right now as we get ready for the Lord's Supper. Vamos a dar una pausa. Lord Jesus, we take this moment to thank you for the gift of your amazing grace. This is amazing grace that you would give your life, that I might be set free. Es una gracia maravillosa que diste tu vida para liberarme. And the truth is, I have not always recognized how great of a gift that is I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. La verdad es que yo he pecado y he sido privado de tu gloria. In the silence, we want to confess the truth of our sins before you, Lord. Confesamos en el silencio la verdad de nuestros pecados. Lord Jesus, would you help us to live in a different way? Ayúdanos a vivir en otra forma. Help us to have the the courage to not separate and isolate, but to draw nearer to you and to each other in grace and in truth. Que no vivamos aislados, sino que podamos acercarnos unos a otros y a ti con gracia y verdad through this meal help us to do that we pray que podamos hacer eso en esta comida we ask this in your precious name Lord Jesus Christ en tu nombre Santo Jesús te lo pedimos Amen so I'm going to invite our serving elders to go ahead and come up to the front and I'll be giving us some special instructions in just a moment but first of all let's remember why we are here the night that our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed he took bread when he given thanks he broke it and he gave it to his followers the ones he loved the most and he said this is my body broken for you do this in remembrance of me Jesus la noche que fue entregado tomo el pan lo partio y dijo ese es mi cuerpo partido por ustedes hagan esto en memoria de mi And after the same manner, he took the cup. Después de la copa. When he had blessed it, he gave it to them and he said, This cup is the new covenant. It's the new agreement, the new alliance I'm making with you in my blood. As often as you drink of it do it in remembrance of me here's my invitation today we're going to do things a bit differently and I think that's good because it helps us to refocus often we come we invite you to come and take bread and the cup and then to go back to your seat and have kind of a me and God time and that's good a veces nos vamos a nuestros sillones con el pan y la copa y tenemos un tiempo con Dios para meditar. I would like us to have an us and God time today. And the way I want to encourage it is this. I invite you to come if you are so led to take of the bread and the cup, hold on to them. And instead of going back to your seat, go to someone else. Offer them a bit of Grace or a bit of truth that they may need. Que vayas a otra persona para hablar con gracia y verdad. I'm not saying, hey, what did you think of the playoff game yesterday? But maybe more something like, how could I pray for you? Are you okay? I so appreciate your friendship, your love. I love your gifts that you use for God's glory. I've noticed you've been down. Are you okay? interaction in grace and truth and it's okay if it gets a little bit loud it's a holy loudness ok, está bien podemos intercambiar, dialogar con gracia y verdad, decir yo quiero orar por ti, como puedo orar por ti O quiero animarte a que no te desmayes espero que sigas adelante let's encourage one another out of that grace and truth that Jesus gives to us After our time of fellowship I will invite us to eat of the bread and drink of the cup together después les voy a invitar a tomar de la copa y del pan juntos this is ready I invite you to come as you are willing if you aren't able to come or not wanting to come please know there's no pressure to do that no hay ninguna presión para que vengan pero para los que quieran venir ahora es el tiempo all things are ready come to the Lord's table